welcome back to another episode of the Academics Podcast. I'm your host, Justin D. Barnett. Today's guest is Emily Lechuga. Emily's an Associate Business Affairs Manager at Canil Advertising, which is located in El Segundo, California. We had a really good conversation discussing everything from internships, education, her current job, her previous career, which introduced her to advertising, her future goals, and much more. Just a heads up, we recorded this interview in a busy coffee shop, so you may hear a bunch of random noise and music in the background. But other than that, this is a great interview, so enjoy. All right, welcome. I'm here with Emily Lechuga. She's from Canil Advertising. She's an Associate Business Affairs Manager. I had a chance to listen to Emily speak on an advertising panel um, a couple of months ago. I knew I had this idea for the podcast of mine at the time, but I didn't really have a structure. Um, but I knew at the time that I wanted to interview Emily for the for this podcast. And a couple months later, I reached out, and luckily she accepted my request. And here we are. So, Emily, can you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Hi. So, thanks for having me, Justin. Of course. Um, about myself or my role? Both. Both. Okay. <laughs> so, my name is Emily. I uh, graduated from Dominguez Hills exactly a year ago, so that was May 2018, um, with a degree in advertising and PR. So while I was at Dominguez, I did, I did um, become more involved in school because of just, in general, just personal issues, mm-hmm. and I just needed something to just focus on <laughs> so I decided to reach out and like get more involved in groups and and I ran into I actually was like walking by a PRSSA meeting like I was just in the same building and I like kind of like peeked in and I was like what are these people doing like and then eventually I saw people that were in my classes and then I, I asked someone I was like oh like what is that and they were like oh yeah it's PRSSA and like join it you should join and I was like okay so I the next meeting they had because I think they had meetings like bi-weekly so I showed up at a meeting and I was like, I want to join. And I actually, <laughs> this is kind of funny, but I happened to join when, um, when they were electing like new uh, positions for the, for the following, yeah. for the following semester, for the following year. And I just like sat through it. And then people were like pitching like to, for presidents or like, you know, giving their little spiel. And then, um, I don't know why, but I was like, I want to be involved, but I really want to like really be involved. Like I was just like love the energy and everything. So like, I was like, can I apply for a position? And they were just like, sure. <laughs> like yeah, you can do it. So I didn't want to take president because I was like, okay, I, I you know. But then I was like, hmm, maybe I should try for vice president. You know, I think I would be a good helper to a, a good leader. So I just got up there and I just gave them my experience with like just PR and advertising in general because I've had experience before school too. And then, I don't know, I guess people liked what they heard. So they voted me in to become the the vice president. You saw the meeting, you went in there and you sat down and then you went and pitched yourself the same day? Yeah. People had like a note card and stuff and I just kind of showed up and I was like, hey guys, like this is me. And then they liked it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was pretty fun. It was pretty wild now that I think back on it. But I was just feeling good. I was feeling confident and I wanted to do something different and I wanted to just like be involved. 
but not just like showing up to meetings and leaving like I wanted to be an active like member so yeah. I thought that was the best way to do it okay yeah so once I joined then all the fun began um, I was Cindy Ayala was president and then I was vice president and we just became like a team just handling all the meetings and setting up events and setting up the agency tours and everything so like that was that and then um, while I was like so focused in PRSSA I was also doing really well in, in my classes and I was just really excited you mentioned you're a little bit of a non-traditional student yeah. so am I I actually this is my second career mm -hmm. so when I came back being a little bit more mature than like most typical students yeah. I think I took it a lot more seriously yeah I can agree so. <laughs> I basically started sitting in the front and you know how uncool that is yeah. <laughs> who sits in the front right. only but the old people you, <laughs> you, you force yourself to learn like, that's a yeah good exactly so I was like mm -mm, sitting in the front putting my phone away and then from there I think that made the biggest difference I appreciated every classroom every teacher every lec lecture every lesson because once you're like you've been out there and you've realized that like you want something else and you really want it and you're paying for it like it's a whole different story you know my first career my first degree it was just kind of like it wasn't the same it just it was different this time and I liked it and like it just worked out so I was able to um, you know get good grades and stuff and then even get a couple of recognitions like at the end of the year so that was really cool yeah so that was kind of like my school career yeah um, yeah. So your position now at Canil, like what, what do you do and um, just how's that been for you? Okay, so um, I've been there for a year now. So my description, I guess, for my position has changed because in the beginning I wasn't really sure what I was going to be doing. Um, they don't tell you about business affairs in school, you know, yeah. like you don't know that's even a thing to do. But um, so what I do is... My job is to focus on like the legal and the financial side of the advertising world. So yeah, there's the creatives and there's accounts and there's the people that actually putting together the commercial and the ideas and like pitching it to clients. But once the commercial is pitched and it's accepted and people like wanna like, the client wants to go with it, then we have to talk numbers. So um, my position is actually within the production team. Um, so we work closely with a producer that's like whoever's like attached to the to the production a, a production or, a, or we call them jobs each different like production we call them jobs okay. so um, I work with the producer and they work with the with different vendors and they get bids and they get like estimates to see what would what what it would cost the client like to create this commercial or like create this radio ad or create this like add on the social media mm -hmm. so once they get all the bits together then we talk numbers and then I put together like an estimate for the client to look at with all the details of the production and um, we share it with the with the uh, client and then they take a look at it we go back and forth and then once they approve the estimate then we start putting together more documents to work with the vendors to be p able to put the production together for example um, Let's say we had a TV ad. We need a production company like that's gonna like record and like put them. Some agencies have their own within, but we actually go out, reach out to production companies. Um, we would need like a music vendor, so like whatever audio is on the on the uh, on the commercial. Uh, sometimes it's music that's already existing. Yeah. So if, say we want to put a, a Chris Brown song in one of our ads. 
that's probably going to be really expensive. Yeah. So my job is to reach out to Chris Brown or his agents and say, hey, Chris Brown, like, we want to use this song. How much would it cost? Mm. And how long can we use it? And all of those numbers, we have to put them together and give them to the client and be like, do you want to play this much for a Chris Brown song? Yeah. There's also music uh, companies that have like tracks they create. Mm -hmm. They're like stock tracks. And like they like will license it to you and you can use it. So it's all about like licensing. I'm sure you know a lot about yeah. that too. And then um, we also do a lot of tracking with the talent. So we like help with the hiring process with the uh, TV, like we call them on-camera principals and extras and voice actors. So my job is to like give them an estimate how much it would cost to pay them. So when you hire someone, we are a signatory to SAG-AFTRA, which is a Screen Actors Guild, and AFTRA is the audio version of the video version. So SAG-AFTRA? AFTRA. AFTRA. Don't ask me what AFTRA is because I probably won't tell you right now. Sorry. I wouldn't be able to tell you, but AFTRA. Audio something. <laughs> but it's like the audio version of SAG. Okay. I have to give them numbers and we work with a platform and it helps us estimate numbers. So when you hire talent, like you have to pay them what we call a session. So it's like them actually coming in physically to a studio to record or to like start to act or whatever. But then you also have to pay them what we call TNR, talent and residuals. So you have to pay them like for the use of the commercial. Mm. So you pay them their, their time coming in and then you pay them for, if this commercial airs for a year, you have to pay them for that year. There's a fee for, for using it. it. And there's also different types of use. So if it's gonna air on TV, meaning like cable, like uh, on like Hulu, like there's now on like Spotify, on social media, on radio on just regular television so there's different types of use so my 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 job is to like calculate all that and be able to like give them numbers and then we also reach out to for licensing also with like act, actors and like say we have um we do a lot of influencers at, at my job too where um, because we have bigger brands like toyota they love music and sports so uh, sometimes we have to reach out to like big names and then like get an agreement with them to work together. Okay. So that's pretty much it. So then once we do do that and we start working and we start the process, client like approves the numbers, then um, we get it all done. And then once the production is over, my job is to go back and like actualize everything and make sure that like we all the numbers add up. So we didn't like spend more money and like we're doing well with the with the spending of the money and like everything adds up to the invoices and just like pretty much what we 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 have to make sure like everything is accounted for and like we let them know like this is how much you spent or this is how much you missed or no this is how much you saved right. so yeah it sounds boring but no, it's actually, I mean um, it's, it's fascinating <laughs> it's like an aspect of it that, that you really don't take into account I yeah. guess until you you're in that position yeah um, let's just rewind a little bit. I think we kind of skipped over something. I, can we talk about Conil and exactly what type of agency you guys are? Okay, yeah. yeah. So Conil is a, it's actually a Hispanic uh, agency. So Conil is under Publicis, which, which is a huge, like, they own different agencies and they own like Saatchi and Saatchi, Team One. Um, so Saatchi and Saatchi is like the general market version of like, Conil, which we do the Hispanic. So we have similar clients. We both have Toyota, which is our biggest client. So they do all the general market like spots in English. And we pretty much do like almost the same thing, but in Spanish. Yeah. So our target is the Hispanic market. So our strategy team and everyone that works together, we're looking forward, we're looking to um, 
deliver to a Hispanic audience. Okay. Cool. Um, it's in El Segundo. It's a really nice office. Coneal also has offices in Miami, New York, and they recently moved to Dallas because Toyota moved to Dallas. I'm sure you know that. And because of that, they were like, we still want to keep you as a client, like open up an office in Dallas. And we were like, okay, let's, let's take it there. I think they're, um, I think we've had Toyota for like 30 years, wow. which is pretty big. Toyota and T-Mobile. It's really big because a lot of t times you'll hear it in like ad news, like agencies lose clients and it's like the saddest thing ever. But I think those are really strong relationships that we do have with Toyota and T-Mobile. So at, at Camille, do you guys have all the same um, accounts as Saatchi? Like are you guys just paired with them all the time? Not all the same. Not all the same. I'm not really sure which ones are not the same, uh -huh. but I know for sure like Toyota, we, do, we both have Toyota. Yeah. Is that primarily the type of stuff you work on personally? Yes. So um, I do, I work on Toyota and we also have Procter & Gamble. Oh. So I work on Crest, oh. which is amazing. I don't know if, if you heard me talking about it last yeah, time, yeah, but my, my first career was actually in dentistry. So oh, it's like, perfect, it's huh? pretty cool that like now I'm like on the advertising side of dentistry promoting like a Crest toothpaste brand. Yeah. So, um, our office is not as big as Saatchi. I think I, I, I'm horrible at estimating numbers, but it's not big. Okay. Like it's, it's one floor. I would say like a hundred people. Like how big is your team, your business affairs team? Uh, four people. Oh, cool. I know. It's, we what, need more people. The, <laughs> what's the, uh, what are the other roles on the team? So you're either an associate business affairs manager, business affairs manager without the associates, and then there's a director. Okay. Yeah. Which is interesting, though. I found out that I've been in the field. A lot of business affairs managers are, have law degrees. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. We do I mean, so much yeah. with law. I don't, but. <laughs> <laughs> so I know this is your, your second stint with Camille. Right? Then you yeah. do an internship with them? Yes, I did. So what was that experience like? So um, as you know, at Dominguez Hills and maybe other schools too, you have to do an internship program. So the way, I, I sometimes I, I love telling my story, but sometimes I don't because it builds, I feel like it almost like sets up like, like expectations that are not necessarily like always true. Yeah. But I was just talking to my friend about this. I was like, when I tell my story, like, I've gotten, you know, I've been really blessed and I've gotten lucky. I mean, I didn't just sit back and it just happened. Of course, I put my good work in, but it's actually been a pretty smooth, like, transition from college into, into work. And, um, I mean, I worked for it, but it definitely was a lot of, like, yeses. You know, it was a lot of, like, the right doors to knock on and the right people opening those doors. So when I was on, when I was at, at, Dominguez, this, uh, this was actually my first year at Dominguez though, so um, I actually wasn't supposed to take an internship yet, because uh, you think you have to take it like your second year or whatever, but I saw an opportunity when I went on an agency tour through PRSSA. So we had an agency tour and then they were talking about Coneal and it being a Hispanic agency and being Hispanic, I was like, that's cool. A whole agency just for Hispanic people, that's amazing. So I checked out the agency and that's where I learned that they had an internship program. And I was amazed. Their office was beautiful. Like 
so nice, so airy, so creative, and you know, like being new to the advertising world, coming from like the medical field, coming from dentistry, it was huge. Mm -hmm. Like people were walking around in ripped jeans and Converse. Like <laughs> what the what? <laughs> you know, like I was used to like freaking latex gloves and pulling my hair back in scrubs. Like it was extreme. But um, I think, I think um, it just grabbed my attention. Everyone that spoke, I was just. I was amazed. Mm -hmm. I took all of their business cards and I took them home and I was like, I told my mom, I was like, I'm gonna work here one day, not even just, not even knowing that I was actually gonna end up working there that one day. So when I found out about the internship program, I was like, I have to apply. Yeah. So I took a sheet, I, they had a handout, I took a sheet and then I thought about it for a few days, but the thing that you had to do was you had to submit a 30 second video. So when I think about a video, I'm like, okay, turn in a video, that's fine. But 30 seconds is so short. It is. Like, that's like, how do you tell someone about you in 30 seconds? Like, that's tough. Even though, I mean, you should have an elevator pitch, but like, it's a video. Like, there's audio. There's just like, okay. So I was like, kind of like hesitating. I was like, what should I do? Like, I'm going to do it, but I'm just like went through ideas. So a day before it was due... A day before, yeah, the procrastinator in me, I um, I went to my, because I went to school at Harvard College before this, and I just went into a random a random classroom, and I, was, I brought my sister with me, and I was like, I need to get this done, like, now. I think she was still a student there. And then um, I had watched, you know, like, when you have to do something, so you go on YouTube or Google to try to find examples? I watched a bunch of videos, and they were all kind of like, people in a suit you know like hi my name is this and I want to be this and I was like that's not me like yeah. I cannot sit there and like put a blazer on and say this is me I have to do something to stand out everyone's resume is going to be pretty similar they're going to be like students doing great at school yeah 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 blah 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 but I was like no where's my personality so um, being a Hispanic agency and being a Hispanic person I was like I have to add a little bit touch so I just put a funky hat on and I just like showed my personality I was a little bit more like relaxed than like the typical like you know like and I just like sh shine through when I talked about them and why me or whatever and like literally a day before it was due I turned it in and like they called me so it was amazing I was like great that's cool like I think they like people that think outside the box and when you really show your true self and I think that's really big I always get off topic but here I go again I think it's huge because for example like have you ever been to those like like seminars and stuff where people like your age my age are probably like in button-ups and like a tie and stuff and they're just sitting there like playing this role of like yeah like you want to be like me one day that's not me like yeah. I'm the type of person that's gonna show up in a t-shirt to to get interviewed by you because like I'm a human and I'm a st and I was a student a year ago and like I want people to see me and be like I could do that I could yeah. be there mm -hmm. not see me and be like oh like that's a fancy suit there like oh shoot like maybe one day I'll get there that's not me like no yeah. like so I think like every time I do things like I want to tell people like and I want to show them like you can do this like yeah. it's right there just go for it you just gotta reach out for it you know yeah. and um, so I think I showed that in my video <laughs> like, I was just kind of like hey guys like this is Emily is it still like, on YouTube now can we go see it <laughs> I, I actually hit it <laughs> because my friends were tormenting me with it later uh, and I was like stop it so it's it's gone. Okay. I mean, it's there, but you can't. Nobody can see it but me. But Got yeah, it. 
So I got the internship. I was actually in sports entertainment mm -hmm. when I did the internship, and it was amazing. That's another role that I had no idea existed. Mm -hmm. So Coneo has its own like marketing team too, but they only do work for. No, actually, they do work for T-Mobile too. No, that's their PR. No, so they do they do the sports and entertainment marketing side. So that's like the experiential and like the um, the influencer side. Okay. So as an intern, I learned to um, do research on like influencers. So um, and by that I mean like besides looking at their following, we had like programs that would show us. Uh, who their following was, like ages, like demos with the with the talent. So when we're pitching to a, a client and we want to say, hey, like these people would be good for this cause, for this case, for this concert, for this, you know. So that was nice. I like doing that. Um, I also got to go to a couple of shows, so that was nice because I Toyota, Toyota and T-Mobile are huge in the music world. Mm -hmm. So anytime there's an event, Coachella stagecoach anything like they'll be there okay. so um the sports and entertainment team are the ones that um you know like when you go to a fair and there's like a, a truck there's like a toyota truck or yeah. something like yeah, yeah. so that's what they do they're called activations so they set up the whole thing like the clients and vendors and put together this amazing thing and it's like usually a theme it's very well thought out um also like you know like when you go to if you go into one of those tents, there's always like stuff that you can like play with. Yeah. Like, you, there's surveys, there's like interactive things, and I think those like are huge. Yeah, those are huge because number one, they get feedback. Number two, they get like, you know, visibility for their brand. Yeah. But number three, they give us numbers. Mm. They give us numbers that we can learn. Okay, how many people were here at this age? How many people did this? And like, uh, are, you know, like the ones that are like, oh, are you interested in buying a car soon or whatever? Like, those numbers are huge. Someone goes back and actually analyzes those numbers, so it's really good. But so that's like the sports entertainment side. Like they take care of all those things. Like, okay. Um, let's go back a little bit uh, to the beginning of the internship. So you made the video. <laughs> yes. Um, what was the process of? Um, what was your interview process like beyond the video? Like how long did it take for you to get a second interview? Was there a third interview? And okay. How so were, how were those experiences? Um, I think. They were gonna let us know, like, I can't remember, maybe like, wow, that was two years ago. I think they were gonna let us know within like a month or something. It wasn't like the next day, it was like a month. And then I had um, someone call me and they were like, hey, em, Emily, whatever. Um, so we like your video and you're one of the like finalists. So if you were to get a position like here's all the departments like what position would you like to intern in so at this point it's my first year at Dominguez as in advertising so I wasn't really sure what a lot of them were I hadn't taken that integrated uh, class or whatever so sports and entertainment marketing just sounded fun I was like that one <laughs> and they were like all right cool um, and then I think like two days later or something they were like hey like congrats you got it like that's it like it wasn't like really an interview it was like hey you're a finalist like what would you like and then the next time they were like you got it like it was pretty nice it was pretty simple and yeah. I didn't have any connections there or anything like but they did remember me from the tour uh, they were like oh you were at the tour right I was like yeah okay. 
I think I mentioned the tour in my video. Now I think about it. Uh, yeah, because I was like, yeah, I came here on a tour and I loved it. And I just felt like it was home. Like I could, <laughs> I could see myself here. Yeah. So I, yeah. And then I think, if, like a month later, the internship started. And then, um, yeah, did all the paperwork and everything, and then just got integrated into my team. Yeah. Did, what were your expect expectations going in? Like, were you nervous about it? Um, and then once you got there, what was the experience like compared to what you thought it would be prior? Um, I was, I mean, I was nervous in general just because it was a new field for me. Um, and I was pretty new. Uh, what did I expect? I expected it to be a lot of me realizing how much I don't know. Mm. You know, I expected to just face all these like challenges and be like, they're going to be like, oh, obviously you don't know this. Like, I don't know. I just felt like I was going to come in like such a noob, like like newbie and just like, not know much and then it wasn't like that everyone is welcoming and they know that you're a student and they know it's all new to you and they've been there too so it was it was just really welcoming um the one thing that did kind of like feel a little like weird to me is like everyone was speaking spanish ah. yeah it was is that like on purpose is that yeah. like a culture thing or is yeah it it's a like, culture thing like in the office yeah so because it's a Hispanic agency, I think, I don't know if that has something to do with it, but like most people speak Spanish. Like all, most of the creatives, they come from like Argentina and Spain and like Brazil and just like Spanish speaking languages, like, like countries. Yeah. So, um, and then just within like everyone in the agency, like most people like speak Spanish. And like, I think what was weird about it is it felt too close to home mm. than work does that make sense yeah, like that makes it felt it like, like the perfect job yeah people were like hugging each other and saying hi with a kiss like my family does and oh, I was wow. like wow that's that's crazy it was like weird at first like it, it took me some time to like warm up to it because I'm here thinking like this is a job like I have to be at my best but like that doesn't mean you're not at your best you know that's just a culture thing and like yeah, people yeah. embraced it so I really like that yeah and it also made me realize I need to brush up on my Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gotten better since in the last year? Mm, yeah, a little, <laughs> a little better. Um, what what got you interested in advertising? Like, why did you choose that as a major when you went back to school? Um, dentistry, actually. Really? When I worked in dentistry, I was working chairside for a f since I was like 19, so for a long time. And then um, the doctor that I was working for, she bought a new practice, so we went from like an old kind of office to like a brand new office like new everything so when she bought the office in dentistry I, I in general I feel like most people are a little bit older so I was like the younger one there so she'd be like hey Emily like can you help me build a website like hey let's do this how can we get because like I was like kind of like more like social and active and I was like oh like let me help you so we worked together to like create a website like we started even like creating marketing material um, I started doing a lot of PR for her like going into different uh, different like businesses and building relationships with them and like sending care packages and like when I started doing that I was like forget these scrubs like I like this I like talking to people I like being social I like getting out there and having a different day every day and like growing something and seeing that growth you know so I mean Cherryside was nice and all like it was nice for like the I guess like the science and the biology behind it like I, I was kind of a nerd so it, it was cool but I mean how many 
of your patients can you really talk to when their mouth's open? Yeah. You know, you're just working That's with true. them, so you're just kind of talking to yourself. So, so yeah, so once she got her new business, I started helping her out with like growing her business, doing PR, and like we started setting goals for new patients. And we even um, created like open house events and just like welcome events where like people would come in and check out the office and we had raffles and it's like big events. One time we had an in and out truck. It was amazing. Wow. So that got me into it and I decided to go back to school. I was actually on my way to dental hygiene but I changed routes and I was like I think this is more me um, and I didn't really like the square box that you have to fit in when you're in the medical field. Uh -huh. It's very like structured it's very like you have to go by the rules because it's people's health you know and like I respected that and I was really good at that too but my favorite part about my job was the social part of it like the interacting and like the communication with with humans and I didn't really have that there because I was more like chair side I was working in people's mouths pretty much so yeah okay so dentistry kind of led me here okay that's a unique path like very <laughs> unique um, I know you participated in um, the 72 and Sunny, like a, a creative type of Oh yeah, thing. Um, that was fun. Can you speak to us about that? Tell us about that, yeah. that experience. Um, and, and also, like, at what point in time was that? Was that before or after your internship? That was my first semester before my internship. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't know if she's still a teacher there, Dr. Kim. She, she I had her for ad strategy. It was like my first semester at Dominguez and she brought up this opportunity. She was like, hey guys, like, um, so this ad agency that's really big is hosting an event. It's, I think the event goes through the one club though. It is, it's the one it's, club creative something. Yeah, so creative boot camp. Yeah, there you go. So this year it was going to be at 72 and Sunny and like they have it in New York too. I think it's yep. like in New York and LA. So my teacher's like, if you guys did that, that would be amazing. Please do it. Share your experiences. Tell us how you how you feel about it. And like, like I said, I was in a place in my life where like I wanted to be a lot more involved and I wanted to be more busy and feel more like I'm being more proactive and making changes to my life. So I was like, let's do it. I applied online. Um, I think it was like a questionnaire, like kind of like just like a survey kind of questionnaire. And then they reached out to me and they were like, hey, like you've been accepted as one of the participants and I was like cool and it was an amazing opportunity like what, what type of stuff did they have you do so um we all went out there 72 and sunny is beautiful have you been in 72 and no, sunny no but I live it's across beautiful. the street I live in Playa Vista really yeah. so oh. like I see it all the time I it's walk my so dog nice. by there it's and it's dog friendly yeah. so it's really nice I think someone from Dominguez like Oh yeah, I'll tell you more about that. So, so we show up. And it's like it's really cool, like bleacher setup. Have you been to Sachi? Yeah. It's kind of similar, you know, like the stairs. There's kind of like steps. So we all kind of hung out there. So the purpose of the creative boot camp was they gave us a client, like a mock client, but the the client was actually there. When I was there, it was Tillamook cheese, like Tillamook, ah. Tillamook or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we had to create a whole campaign for them. Mm. So what they did is they they put us in, in randomized like groups of like five and we each had our own working space so from beginning to end we had to create a full campaign for the for cheese or whatever um and I got lucky I got partnered with um he's a he's a friend of mine now his name's Will he was a student at Dominguez too and a couple people for like Fullerton and just like people around students around like LA um 
or not LA. It depends on some some people came from like other states. Oh really? So uh, and and we spent a whole weekend. It was like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, it was a full weekend, mm-hmm. and um, it was a drive for me. But I I was so excited to go. So what they do is they get people from other agencies to like. I guess volunteer their time and they go in and they mentor us so every time you were in a different part of the process of the campaign like you would have someone come in and help you out and mentor listen to our ideas so we had to create a campaign from start to finish all of us yeah. we just met and like hey we're, we're gonna just crush these like 72 hours and just create the best campaign we can and then we're gonna have to present it in front of the client and in front of everyone else at the end so what they told us at the end is like the group that won that took the, the, the work from the client because that's kind of like what agencies do. They pitch to clients and then they pick someone. Yeah. Someone wins. The client so. will have like a lot of different agencies to do a pitch and they'll pick their favorite. Yeah, yeah. So they did that for us and then they told us that the group that won, they were going to get a chance to um, interview for an internship at 72 and Sunny. Ah. My team didn't win, Damn. obviously, but it was an amazing opportunity. I got to meet a lot of new people. I made good friends I, who I still keep in touch every now and then with now. Um, and it was really cool to see that, like, the whole campaign from start to finish and de- be doing everything from the creative to the planning to... And we also had a pitch, so we had to present. So that was huge. It was a really good learning experience. So I would recommend any, everyone to do it. Like, yeah. it's great. And the one club was was amazing with us. They were so nice, so kind, so like detailed. Like I think it's a great program that they have. Okay. Um. So, so you did that program with Seventy Two and Sunny. Um, you were a member of PRSSA, um, a vice president. I saw you also were a member of Ad Club, which doesn't oh, yeah. exist anymore. No, as as it doesn't. Yeah, Someone um, needs to bring it back. Yeah, yeah so. it's gone. But I was president of the Ad Club also. Interesting. Yeah. So my question to you is. Would you recommend that for every student that's an advertising student to be a part of like extracurricular activities on campus? I do recommend it because when you're a student that just, I know people have responsibilities. I know there's work, some people have kids, some people like are married and some people have a lot more. But, but I think from doing, you know, from going to school in the first for a first career and then second career and then working full time without doing any school, like I've realized how important it is to take it all in. And like walking, going to campus, taking one class and just leaving, not really talking to people, like it, you, you're like losing out on so much more that you could have. The community aspect of like being in the, the clubs is, is huge, like huge. It's a support system. Yeah. And you bond with other students that are going through the same thing that you are, yeah. you know? Like these students have the same classes or have had the same classes. You all have to study for finals and you just, you just build friends. And those friends are gonna, in the future, they're gonna become like, potential colleagues or one of those friends might need a hand one day or you might need a hand and they might lend that hand out to you yeah. so this is where you build your connections because if you're all in advertising like you're there's people at Coneal now that went to Dominguez Hills um, and it's like a, the agency world is big but at the same time it's not that big like yeah. everybody knows everyone so I think it's 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 important to do those things because that's an easy way to like make connections also because you get noticed I think um, People notice your hard work. Like people see that and they want to know more. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to have the same degree, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, what else? Like, what did you do extra? Yeah. And I think they like that. Like when I interviewed at Coneal for the actual job, 
yeah they're like okay degree in advertising but what did you do for ad club yeah or like what did you do for PRSSA mm -hmm. like they want to know what else you did and I think that shows dedication to yourself and to your 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 program and your degree that you wouldn't get not doing it and then you also build a relationship with your teachers like building a relationship with your teachers is huge they have so many opportunities they're amazing like they have so much knowledge and like before they were professors they were doing something else right and yeah. it's like amazing to talk to them and like spend time with them and really get to know what they're about and like get them to remember you too like it's huge like you don't want your teachers to just you don't just want to be another seat that's filled like you want them to know who you are because one day if they see an opportunity and they might think about you yeah. or if you need help they might look out and be like hey this is open like it's huge yeah. and it's not just to get something for yourself it's also because you can help others too like your friends for example like I know one of my friends was looking for a job and like I was like come to Colonial like I'll let them know I'll turn your I'll turn your resume in like for you I'll hand it right to the HR and I did and it's something that you want to really keep in mind like you want to keep those relationships strong because yeah. it is a crazy business in a sense where it's really busy um, but you have to remember like the human aspect of it yeah you um, I can tell you're like really well from what I get you're like really passionate about advertising and you, you really like it as a profession so my question to you is earlier I heard you mention ad news or ad week what do you do um, to, to learn more outside of work like do you have any hobbies like podcasts websites blogs social media accounts that you follow just to like stay in tune with the industry um so I am subscribed to get ad week um, emails and I stay in touch through like LinkedIn mm -hmm. I follow a lot of pages and at LinkedIn but as of now that's it okay. like not really I don't really follow it too much in a sense we're like going the extra mile mm -hmm. I think now that I've found something to do, like a, a job and like I want to learn more, like I think my free time, because advertising is extreme hours, yeah, the bars and the free food is nice, but like you're there for a long time and it's a lot of hours and it's a lot of energy and like it's one of those jobs that like you kind of take home too. Like if you have an email that like your client needs an answer like now, like even if you're at home, you're going to reply, like yeah. it's a responsibility. So my free time, I spend it for myself. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so that's a good segue to the next question, which is, um, what's your average day like at work? Like uh, time-wise and like um, schedule-wise, like what's an average day like? Um, for the most part, like I typically work from like nine to five. Uh, we don't really clock in at my job. Like there's no clocking in and out. I mean, there's an expected time. Like, you know, I try to be there by like nine, but People start trickling in at 10, 11 sometimes. I don't know if I should say this, but they do. Like, there's no clocking in or out. It's more about getting your job done. People aren't like sitting here like, how long of a break did you take? Did you take an hour lunch? Like we, it's, I mean, it's also because it's like salary, not like hourly. clocking in yeah. hourly. Well, that's my position. I'm sure people, other people are different, but yeah, there's no like clocking in or out. Um, sometimes, I leave at 4 p.m. Sometimes I leave at 7. Like, there's been times when I've left, like, at 8.30. Mm. It just depends on your time and what you're doing. And, like, and then sometimes I work from home. Sometimes I work remotely at a Starbucks somewhere randomly. Like, but the thing that I do like about my specific position, I can work from anywhere. Yeah. I could be on vacation and working because it's all online. It's all through email. It's all our online platforms. Okay. So we can work from anywhere. 
I don't think that's the same with like accounts, for example, or like creatives, but like my position is very like nice to work remotely. So every now and then I do take days to work from home, you know, a little break from the office or just want to just relax a little bit, be at home or, or if I have responsibilities at home too. Um, and then yeah, just work from home. Uh, I don't work weekends. I mean, if something comes up, of course, I have that responsibility. But for the most part, it's usually like nine of nine to six, nine to five. Um, take an hour lunch, sometimes more, sometimes no lunch. Sometimes I eat at my desk. It just depends like on the, the schedule and it's all different. Summer is a really busy time for us because of all the music festivals. Um, and the holidays are pretty busy too, just because like everyone wants to throw out their like holiday like sales and stuff. So, yeah. Okay, what's, what's, what's your favorite part of your job? And, and also, what's the least favorite? My favorite part is being able to work from home. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, okay, they kind of go hand in hand. My favorite part is when like, remember I told you how like we have to like, make sure like we reconcile jobs and we make sure that all our numbers match. Mm -hmm. My favorite part is when they match. My least favorite part is when they don't match okay. and I have to go chasing people and figure out why we're missing mm -hmm. invoices or like numbers are not, not in. Or another thing too is like, so producers and creatives and stuff, they have to submit expenses. So because like the client will also pay for them to like travel to a production site. Sometimes it's in Mexico, sometimes it's another country, like in the East Coast. It, four hours from here like so they some of those things are like covered by clients so like they have to submit like receipts and expenses and stuff and like so those are all go to the production that like if I'm managing this production like I'm in charge of like everything yeah. so I have to make sure all the numbers are in so sometimes like I don't really like it when they don't match because that's where the, the numbers the come in time. and I'm like <laughs> what's missing like um, and I never really felt like I had a strength in math in numbers and Excel. Excel is huge, by the way. Like, everyone needs to be a master of Excel. Like, it's so crazy. Like, Were you a master going in? No, not at all. Uh, no, not at all. I didn't even realize it. I'm like, Excel? For what? I thought it was finance. But no, it's huge. It's huge. Um, so I've definitely learned a lot for, from Excel. Uh, Excel is like a giant calculator, so yeah. that's nice. Okay. But yeah, my I think my favorite part is when things just add up and I just feel good about what I'm doing and there's no like mistakes and it just feels, feels good. And then my least favorite is when I can't figure it out. Okay, got it, got it. So if you could go back and, and speak to your college self, let's say you're, when you were a senior at Dominguez, knowing everything you know, you've known now the last year being in the, in the industry, having a job, um, what advice would you give yourself? Um... Hmm. This is this is gonna be an interesting one, just because this is my second time around college. So like, because it's my second time, so I was both. already I was already telling myself things that I learned from the first time, right? Okay. So it was already like a, a much more improved like mindset. But what I would for sure say, and this is kind of the reason I went back to school too, is like enjoy being a student, like fully, one hundred percent. Enjoy being out in the middle of the day, like in a class or like the free time and like the students, like the friends, like the social part of it and just the learning, like you're always learning and taking it in and it's all this new information and you feel growth and you feel good because you're feeding yourself with like all this, these new things, like friends, people, teachers, experiences, like lesson plans, whatever it is, like it's all of this new coming into you. When you're working, like it's not the same, like 
So when I was in school, I couldn't wait to graduate. Like I could not wait. I was counting the days. I was counting the months. Like I was just like, come on, like get this over with. It was just kind of like, oh, like get it. I just want to be done. And like now that I'm finished, I'm like, I wish I would have. I have really appreciated it, and I had a, an amazing time, and I was involved, and I did so much. So I don't, I don't know if there was like more I could do. I was already doing so much, but I think it was like my mindset. Got it. Stop trying to just make this over with. Enjoy it. Embrace where you're at now. Like yeah. this is it. Like take it all in because it's yeah. gonna go away soon, and you'll miss it. Like for sure. Yeah. Like no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. That's that's really good advice. That's really good advice. <laughs> uh-huh. So what, what's next for you in advertising? I know you're you're at an entry level position where you came in. Um, have you figure out what you want to do in the future? Are future positions or departments you would want to work in? Or are um, you happy where you are? that's funny so um i don't think i see myself doing what i'm doing for a long time to be completely honest with you like i enjoy what i'm doing but i also know that this isn't really what i was put on this earth to do there's like this might sound negative but it's just kind of a reality like that's just something that i've been like processing like little by little actually when i when I came to my one year, like from starting to work at Cornell, like full time, this is when the whole self-reflection started. Um, I like what I do, but I don't want to do this forever. Like I like that I'm learning, and I like the the experiences and I, the experience that I'm I'm getting working where I'm at now. And I would love to go into production. I think. I didn't even think about it as a role that I would even consider in the beginning, but now I wish I did. And I mean, business affairs is part of the production team. So I mean, it's just kind of like taking a little hop into the other side, which is since we work with producers, I kind of see what they do. And I think I like that because it's there's because my schedule is very like consistent, meaning like I'm always kind of not necessarily like always doing the same thing because there's a lot of things that we do, but it's pretty much like a circle of all these things that have to get done and I'm at my desk or at home or whatever but I'm on my computer literally like the entire time and that's something that I'm not used to and I don't know if I love it it's a lot of hours on a screen um, and I just don't want to do that forever like I think as a producer like I think they have a little bit more of a random schedule meaning like some days are at production some days are at like studios and some days they're pitching and some days they're they're on the computer for hours and like it's just a little bit more different and that's what I expected coming into advertising like every day is a different day every day you're doing something different so I think with a production on the production side you can do more of that but like what I'm doing now it's a lot of numbers it's a lot of law and even though I'm okay with it now because I'm learning the core like the most important parts is like the money and the legal. You don't want to get sued. You want to do things right, and you also want to make sure that you don't overspend money that the client's like allowing it, yeah. allowing you to to spend. So I'm thankful for for you know learning this part of it first. But I definitely am interested in doing something different. Okay. Yeah, and I also want to use all my skills and knowledge in order to maybe like grow a personal brand okay. and create because I think it's a lot of work it is. you know it it's is. a lot of responsibility it's heavy it's a lot of hours so um, I don't want to forget about like 
my passions and what I want to do with my life. And sometimes I do feel like it, it over, it takes over a lot of my day. Like when I get home, my eyes are like so tired that I don't even want to watch TV. I'm just so tired. I just want to like rest. And I don't really put energy into me and like what I want to do. Yeah. And I think it's important. It is. And I, it's it sounds important. discouraging. No, it doesn't. It's, but it but it, I'm human. just being it honest. Human, yeah, like yeah. it's not all like the pretty like bars that I mean yeah we have a bar we have a ping pong table at work we have free food all the time it's a beautiful agency like we all get like amazing like Apple products to work with and, and it's all it's glamorized for sure but it's also like heavy hours and heavy work yeah and and I'm I I just want to make sure that I don't lose myself in it because yeah. I see a lot of people doing it yeah. so that's that's another thing to take into consideration it is heavy work and I think when we're young it's it's good you know let's put all our effort in it but I've always been the type that I appreciate my time and my space a lot too it's just as important as having a job and paying the bills yeah so I want to find a way where I can still feel human yeah you know you I still have my time balance. yeah I want I like that balance and it's kind of hard to find in advertising to yeah. be honest like and I think that's why they throw in like all the nice like amenities that's exactly why. That's yeah exactly. yeah Oh yeah, so I remember on the panel when, I, when, you, just, when you were talking, I, I think it was you who spoke about um, being on a, on a set, of, of a, like a production set. Oh yeah. Was it you? Yeah. So is that where you kind of got the idea that you want to work in production, like seeing it actually happen? Yes, it's so exciting, it's yeah. so what, much what's fun. That like? What's that like? Um, so let me, let me think about a set where they've already aired, so it's not like confidential information. <laughs> okay, so. I guess the Toyota TCV. So like Toyota has like sales events. So they have like the May sales event, August sales event, and I think sometime in in the during the holidays, like December sales event. Yeah, December sales events. So um, it's really cool to be on set because like like I said, we hire a production company and they have their crew, and um, there's different types of sets. Like so, there's one where we record at the beach. So we were at the beach all day. And it was a, a beach scene, so it was really cool. Um, and then there's also days where we, we have production in a studio, so it, they have to build a set. They bring the cars in, they bring the talent in. Our job, we go to sets because we manage the talent. So we're still supposed to like go to productions for the most part. Um, it's exciting, like there's a lot of people there, like seeing all the cameras and the, ch the changes, the directors calling all the moves and like calling the shots and like literally calling the shots. <laughs> that's funny, that's probably where that came from. <laughs> um, just, it's, it's long days. Like I've been in a production that was like 16 hours and we were there for 16 hours. Wow. But the best part about it is they feed you. They hire a catering company and they're there from start to finish. So this nice lady walks around with like freshly baked goods and like food and like, so that's nice. They take care of you there too because you're there for a long time, but it was really exciting. Do you, do you go to all the production that you work on? Or Not all of them, but if I manage it and it's somewhere that's like doable, like within the area, then I do go. Okay. If it also, if it's a complicated cast or something like then then I do go. But if it's somewhere with out of the country or stuff, like client usually like will pay for like a producer and like a creative instead of like us. But we just do let them know to make sure that our talent is okay. By okay, we mean like we have to make sure that they they only work the hours we we allow them to. They take their meal breaks. Like legally, we want to make sure they're taken care of. They they have meal times and whatever it is that they need. So that's that. 
Another thing too, um, this is kind of funny. I don't know if I should say this, but uh, we get talent through like SAG, right? So there's like these rules when whether you're gonna be an on-camera person or an extra. In general, most people know that extras are like people that you can't really recognize. They're just kind of like background people. So a lot of talent, they, they know that. So what they do is like if we have a production, they try to like turn like their face. Oh. The so camera. then to the camera, so then they become on, we have to upgrade them to on camera principles, which means they get paid a lot more. So you go from an extra to like an OCP, we call them. So we have to go and make sure, like, hey, you know what? You're an extra, like, stay in the background. Like, you know, like, stop trying to come in the front. Like, no. Like, so <laughs> little things like that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah. I know. I kind of want to switch gears a little bit and talk. You're actually the first um, female that I'm, in, that I'm interviewing on the podcast. Okay. Which cool. is cool. Um, I kind of want to talk about like your experience as you know a minority um, in, in advertising so far. Have you have you had any experiences that, that stick out to you, or that made you feel uncomfortable, or that were positive, or just anything in general that, that at school? That, um, no, it within work. Oh no! If anything, I feel like I'm not Hispanic enough at my job, at least. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I mean, everyone is very like fluent in Spanish and like usually come from Latin American countries so at least with my job now like like I said it feels like home it, everyone's really welcoming and stuff but I've actually I think I've been pretty blessed in a sense where I haven't really felt anything like I guess like negative like being um, a minority at least not no I haven't I've, I mean, I've faced hardships that come with being a minority, but I don't think anything like like discrimination or anything like that. I, I haven't experienced that yet. If anything, I feel like I've been pretty blessed because I don't want to say being a minority has its, its like perks, but I think being a minority, we just have a different drive yeah. like than other people. Like I think we have a lot more of like a punch to our drive. And I think, if anything, that puts me at an advantage. Not an advantage. It helps me catch up. Just okay. pushing harder, working harder, knowing that I am a minority. And, know, like, because, like, basically, like, I'm, I am, like, the first person in my family to, to get a degree. So I didn't really have anyone to guide me through the process. And it has been rough because... Although my parents really want me to succeed and they want my siblings to succeed, I don't really think they fully understand what that means when it comes to like dedication and like time and energy put towards like your career and your education. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, a lot of it was figuring it out. A lot of it was like, okay, I need to make moves. I need to figure out a way to, to, to make changes. How am I gonna do this? And it took a lot of getting out of my comfort zone and like reaching out to people and just opening up about like how I felt and like and asking for help in a sense and not asking for like handouts. It was more ad advice. So I really like talking to people and I like hearing their stories and I like learning from people's stories and I just really like like just not just learning from them but analyzing like how they responded to a situation. How did that go for them and why did they respond that way or whatever? So like. I, I would reach out to my friends and it's like kind of this is kind of like really like deep but like 
when I was in high school, like my, I had a best friend since like when we were 10 years old. So when we graduated from high school, and she's Chinese, Chinese American, and when we graduated from high school, she went straight to college, like to university. Like it was, there was no doubt she was gonna go to school. I didn't, and we were best friends. We raised in the same high school, same city, same everything. But the cultural difference was huge. Yeah. Like my parents were, would tell me, and this is—I don't think this is like a bad thing. I just don't think my parents like I'm first generation, so yeah. they were just like, "You need to graduate because you can't get a job without a diploma," mm-hmm. and that was it. Like, graduate, mm-hmm. and I did that, yeah. and I felt good. I was like, I graduated. Like now I can get a job. Where my best friend, for ten like eight years at that point, was went straight to I think she went to school in San Diego, like San Diego State University, like straight ahead, like you know, and I, and it didn't even phase me. I didn't even think about like I should go to college. Yeah, it just felt like I'm supposed to graduate and then get a job. I have I have the same exact the same exact situation. Like my mom's whole thing was just like just graduate. It was even deeper than that. It was like just don't go to jail, like like your uncle. <laughs> Don't, okay. don't do yeah. drugs and graduate. And then after that, it's like, I'm just thrown into the real world and I'm just working, but I had to figure it out. Yeah. You know, eventually I got there and I figured it out, but um, yeah, just culturally, I think just, I'm also a first generation um, college graduate. And um, it's just such a different time that we're living in. Yeah. You know? So that, that. So I'm glad you, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly like, you're like, saying, yeah, yeah, just graduate, yeah. get that. Don't get pregnant. Get a do, get your high school diploma because then you can work. Exactly. But, but working and then you start working and then and then you sit there. My first job was at, as a waitress and you sit there and you're just like, I'm better than this. Yeah. And not better in a sense where there's something wrong with people that are waitresses or waiters, yeah. but better in this like I have so much more potential and I'm not using it. Exactly. And that's that's what my motivation was. I was like, I'm gonna go to school and it was scary and I didn't know what to do. But like that's what the counselors are there for. My, I went to Harvard College and I like made an appointment and I was like, hey, like, I want to, I want to go to school. Like, wh- what do I need to do? Like, tell me about whatever, you know, help me out here. Like, I don't know what I want to do, but I know that I, I, I want to get an education. When I was a little girl, like, I always wanted to be a teacher. My goal was to be a teacher. And so when I started going to school, I was actually going for teaching. That thing, huh? I was going. I, I no, wanted I to be a teacher. What you're saying, I, oh, I had the same goals as a kid. I wanted to be a, a yeah. high school teacher. Because you just think like yeah. that's just what you know. Like yeah. you don't know any. Who knew business affairs manager? Like what? <laughs> so, um, just figuring all that out was really nice. Um, and it it also gave me a lot of confidence because, also as a as a girl in a Hispanic family, like you don't really like think of yourself as like someone who's going to be a professional and go out and like grow in your career like a lot of times you think you're going to be a housewife unfortunately your mom teaches you to like make sure you know how to prepare meals and you know you're good with kids and and you can take care of your home so it didn't necessarily feel like a betrayal because my parents were supportive but I did feel like is it okay that I'm not doing that? Like, yeah. you know, like I'm going to school instead. Like, yeah. but I felt this weird guilt almost, but like 
I, this is what I wanted to do. Like, I knew I didn't want to just just be a mom. Like, which a mom is an amazing thing too. But that wasn't the only thing for me. Like, yeah. there was more. Yeah. And I was okay with that. And it was a little bit hard to go through that, but I did it. Yeah. And I, I feel like everyone can do it you just have to believe in yourself like yeah. i didn't believe in myself for a long time i was like me a degree what no way <laughs> no way <laughs> that's for like other people like yeah. you know people with money or people that have parents that are doctors and stuff and that yeah. wasn't me yeah. none of my cousins no one in my family had it yeah. so it felt like something super foreign but like it also felt like something i wanted and then that's i think that's where like the rebel emily came in and I started doing things a little bit differently. I do have an older brother. Um, he's a year and a half older than me, and he didn't go to college. He didn't choose that route, which was which is fine. You know, that's his choice. But I definitely didn't have anyone to look up to, so I was the first one. And it did present a lot of challenges for my family, because they were just like, "Where do you spend all your time? Or what are you doing? Or why are you staring at this computer for four hours? Like, is it really that much?" Because they were, I had expectations at home. I had to help my parents with the kids. I had to help my parents with cooking. I had to help my parents with cleaning. So like, it was challenging. My parents didn't understand that. Yeah. They didn't understand what it was like, like to study for hours, exams, finals, papers, like they didn't get it. And, and I don't blame them though, because they didn't know better, you know, like yeah. now they do. Cause it's been a few years and my younger sister went to, she, she graduated too. So like oh, cool. now they get it. Cool. But my motivation has always been because when I was in high school, no. Yeah. I was like a senior or a year after I was a senior. My parents had, had kids again, twins. So my brother and sister are nine years old right now. Uh, it's kind of a big gap. My yeah. older brother's 30, like I'm 28. So there's like a huge gap between all of us. But those kids are my motivation. You yeah. know, like my brother and sister and all my cousins and all my family and all my friends and everyone because my thing is always like m let people know help people see that they can do it too yes. because growing up I, I never thought it was for me like I mentioned earlier I was like I'm not gonna do it like I'm not the type of person that gets a degree but then I was like why not because no one else has it and it, it, it seems scary to people especially when you don't have that around you and you don't have mentors and stuff so yeah. like the one thing I did do at Dominguez and when I started going back to school is like I, I found mentors. I found people that I, I, I admired and I liked what they were doing and and I talked to them about my goals and they reassured me that I was going to be okay or like help me out like this way, that way. Like one of them is my best friend now. She's actually just got accepted to a PhD program. Mm. So she's starting it soon at USC. Cool. Amazing. Yeah, you know, like I have a lot of great support system and a big handful of like mentors, which I think is huge. Like I love that. Like. I think it's good to get a mentor and like my goal besides actually now that I think about it remember when you asked me if I want to do something like related to like advertising or whatever like outside of work yeah so I actually like really like talking to people about career and like mentoring in a sense where like I don't think I'm at the level of a mentor but I think I'm close enough to a student to feel relatable yeah. I'm close enough to talk to you, to you or talk to someone who just started and there's not a big gap between us. I think, in my opinion, I think people who in your situation are better mentors than, say, someone who's like a CEO somewhere who has been in a company for... Like, I'd rather talk to you instead of 
the president or the CEO of Canil because their environment coming into the industry was completely different than what yeah, we're going through. Yeah, right? exactly. So, like, don't, I don't, you shouldn't feel that way. Like, if you feel that way and you want to be a mentor to people now, like, jump on it because there are plenty of people who need guidance. Like, mm -hmm. cla my classmates alone, like, probably 95% of the time, I'm the only one sitting in class that knows exactly what I want to do. And, like, I'm focused on it. Everyone else is just like, yeah, I'm in advertising, but they, they think it's just commercial on TV. Yeah, you know? there's so or much They're more. not in PRSSA. They're not going to these... Um, they're not exploring the, the field. They don't know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. And a lot of them, like, I, I myself try to help a lot of people and understand it. That's the reason why I created the podcast. That's amazing. You're yeah. doing great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, don't, don't don't think it's you're not ready yet or you're not there. Like, you're definitely there. You're you're actually, like, a great person who could be a mentor to someone in that position. So oh, thank you. You should pursue that. Yeah. Yeah. For, for now, I'm mentoring my younger siblings and kids. That's good like, enough. But, good. but, yeah, I think... And that's why I do these things. That's why I was uh, like so happy to do this and to do the, the alumni panel and to do, I came back as a guest to one of the PRSSA meetings and like I love coming back because yeah, I want people to believe in themselves, especially at Dominguez. Dominguez is like mostly minorities, right? Yeah. Like like 80 to 90% of students at Dominguez are minorities, which... And your story can really relate to theirs. Like yeah. What exactly. We spoke about with the family situations, like even just us now, like yeah. a lot of things, we're like, oh yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. same here. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think that's that's huge, and I think that's something that I I like about Dominguez. It's it feels like a community. A lot of us have similar situations, which it's easier to bond with other people. And when you create that bond, when there's something that you guys both bond with, whether it's you both like this type of car, or like you both played this sport, or you're both first generation, whatever it is, building that bond with people, it takes everything to the next level. Like you mentioned earlier, when say you talk to a CEO, like what do you have in, in common with people like that? It's a little bit harder to find something in common, so it's a little bit harder to find that connection. You know, there's a big gap between you and it's just kind of like, eh, like, hmm, like, I want to do what you do, that's it. I just want to eventually be, be you, but do you really even understand what they're doing? You know, yeah. like we always like think about titles and think like, oh, I want this. Like, the end what, goal, but it's like, what did, what, what did it take to get to there? Yes, yeah. and those people, sometimes they forget. Yeah. I think a lot of times those big titles, they make you forget. Like mine, when when they gave me my title at, at Coneo, like Associate Business Affairs Manager, I was like, Associate, really? <laughs> I hate that part of my title. Yeah. But at the same time, like, why? It's just a title. Yeah. When I go into work, I'm doing my best and I'm putting work in and like, it's fine. People don't look at me and like say, oh, you're associate. You know, it's just kind of like, you're getting the job done. They come up to me and ask me the same questions they're asking someone else. Yeah. Eventually it's gonna, we're gonna just flick that off real quick, but I'm fine with it. And like, I think a lot of people like get hung up on titles and I don't think it's really that important. Yeah, like, I agree, I agree. Yeah. Um, I know you gotta go. Uh, I just got one more question for you. Oh yeah, totally. Um, so we spoke about your family a little bit. I'm um, like how they felt about you going back to school. So I'm curious, like, how do they feel now that you're you're you graduated and you're working? Do they understand what you do? Like, it, like, do they understand your position or the industry? <laughs> and how do you explain it to them? <laughs> they don't. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's kind of cute. They they don't know what I do. I explain it to them, and they're just like. So you make commercials. <laughs> I'm like, sure, that, yes. Okay. And I'm not trying to like take away from my parents, like, but I think they're just, just used to the more conventional like career choices. Uh -huh. I don't think they understand what my specific role does. And I do, I explain it to them in a general way. And for the most part, they're like, oh, that's cool. But like, 
Yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I mean, my parents, I think they're happy that I'm doing well. I mean, after my job, I finally like moved out. So like I'm living on my own now, which is amazing. And that was a big transition in my life because, uh, you know, living with my parents for so long. But I think they're finally seeing me as like um, a grown-up. You know, they 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 respect me a lot more, and I think I think that's a that's something that I do love about like my new career that it's allowing me to be able to afford a a more comfortable lifestyle. Got it. Um, you know, pay my rent and pay my bills on my own, like like no roommates or anything, which which is really nice, like. I don't know a lot of people that have that at our age. It's you know, it's, it's pretty hard unless you know, like, you live with someone or something, you know. And I and I really like that about about working there. I feel I've always identified myself as a student, and I feel like I'm still a student in a sense. But now I also feel like a professional, like a grown up. You know, yeah. I don't have to say when I grow up. I'm kind of like, oh, I'm doing it. You yeah, know, yeah. like I'm grown up. Yeah. Um, so that's really nice. Um, it's just a, a different feeling, you know, like yeah. being independent and doing things on your own and like walking into work, getting your work done and walking out. It also feels a little bit more grown up because the whole like clocking in thing, like you, you have more freedom and it's, it's, it's nice. Yeah. I just really like it. Like it's a different feeling from like before. Um, but speaking of, I know you didn't ask this, but no, <laughs> speaking of being a student, like I'm gonna go back to school. Like that's not even a question. Like, you don't necessarily need a master's for advertising. It's nice, but for the most part, it's not really necessary. But you just gonna go for yourself. Yeah, I've learned that I, I like being a student. Like I like learning, and and I think that's why I think my comment earlier almost felt like I was being negative in a sense where like work is just work for other people. Like school, you're learning for yourself. But like I like that the continue the continued growth. Even now, I'm. I could probably land a producer job like now with the experience I've had. Even if it's just a year, there's so much experience. Once you're in, you're just so you're just. They drop you in, and it's just like a whole different world, and it's huge. You learn so much, but I also want to keep learning for myself. Yeah. You know, like um, I've actually been considering a um, a program abroad, and maybe like moving abroad for a year, which might mean quitting my job, but that's okay. Like. That's something that I feel like is calling my name. And I think what I did learn about within advertising is like being more free in a sense of like not being tied down to your typical like nine to five job. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of freelance in advertising. A lot of people like jump around agencies, like people like most younger people like stay in agencies maybe one or two years and then they go to another one and then they go to another one and they might come back here like it's that's just the, the lifestyle yeah and before this at my dental job I was working there for about like six seven years so that's something you know like yeah. it's very different and I think I'm learning about different cultures within my job and all the people I work with like I'm really intrigued by learning more about different cultures so I kind of want to like just take that leap and like maybe do a master's program somewhere like oh, oops, sorry no, I'm not like tied to my job like I love it and I love what I'm doing and I've seen a lot of growth but like where what else is there you know like you definitely should like me personally I did a, I've done a lot of traveling um, like prior to getting back in college 
even since like I just got back from Fiji, New Zealand. This year, this oh, year. awesome! Um, so I, I, I love. I have the travel book, so I travel a lot, and I found that like traveling was the thing that kind of sparked, that kind of opened my eyes up to the rest of the world, and like it changed my perspective on a lot of things, and just experiencing people's culture and how they live. Um, yeah, it's so different from what I what I grew up knowing. Um, that kind of like just opened my 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 eyes and ears to, to everything. It's like that's part of the reason I went back to school and it's like I have so much to learn that that I've just been kind of I didn't know it gives you know. like a different lens right you it see does. the world in a different way it does yeah it does. so I would definitely recommend that abroad program if you do it like definitely do it no matter where it is let's go yeah What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you want to keep up with us outside of these podcasts, make sure you follow us on Instagram. That's at Academics, A-D-C-A-D-E-M-I-C-S. And you can follow me personally. My handle on all social platforms is at Justin D. Barnett. You can also email academicspodcast at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. Thank you. Class dismissed.